The Plan with Callahan podcast is brought to you by Callahan Wealth, an office of Northeast Planning Associates. Financial planning is hard. Let them make it easy, one step at a time. Financial planning offered through Northeast Planning Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. NPA and LPL are not affiliated. Now, on with the show. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about... Mm, money, money, money. Ah, high finance. <laughs> Bulls, bears, people from Connecticut. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. I'm Tommy Callahan, Big Tom Callahan's son. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Plan with Callahan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Callahan. We're back. Sorry for the delay. I was out this last week with some personal things. All is well. All is good. And I'm excited to be back with all of you. A uh, couple thoughts uh, not related to finance. You know how I always start these podcasts. Uh, first, I want to send my thoughts and specifically prayers to all those impacted by the horrific events that happened in Nashville this week. Uh, as a father to three boys, uh, one of whom is in a Catholic school, my heart breaks for those families. I cannot even imagine the absolute horror and pain everyone is experiencing. I don't know if there's a worse tragedy than losing a child. Uh, I'm not going to get into politics, quite frankly. I think it's sick how this country has turned into immediately politicizing everything. Let's have some grace here and empathize as best we can, because unless one of us has gone through something like this, we have no idea what it feels like. Do I think solutions need to be brought to the table? Absolutely. Do I think this answer is a one size fits all? No, I don't. Do I think any one person or group of people wanted this to happen or that it was their fault? No. I think it's really sad that through all of these events, we can never seem to come together and find solutions. And I pray that as soon as possible, we can get back on track and work together to provide solutions as opposed to simply name calling. Stop acting like five-year-olds, do your job, and start fixing this issue. I'm sorry, but there's no way I could start this podcast and just avoid that topic. It would be too disingenuous. So transitioning to a lighter note, I don't know about you, but my bracket is completely busted. I was not even close with really any of my picks. And guess what? I'm loving every second of it. I think this is great for college basketball. There are plenty of people out there that think the exact opposite. I got to say, what I like the most is the parody. I knew heading into this tournament that it was anyone's to take. But there was certainly part of me that said, well, you know, it's going to be the Blue Bloods at the end. And this will still end up being a final four of one and two seeds. And wow, it actually happened. And it started right from the first round. A 16 seed beat a one seed for only the second time in tournament history. A 15 seed made it to the Sweet 16. And here we are in the final four with a four seed, two five seeds, and a nine seed. With two of the teams coming from non-Power 5 conferences. I love it. I'm personally pulling for Florida Atlantic as the massive underdog. I will say I wasn't impressed 
with that botch dunk at the end of the Fairley Dickinson game, but they've won my heart back and I'm rooting for the boys from Boca from an odd standpoint. How could you not like what UConn's doing right now? That looks to me to be the most realistic national champion. But as this tournament continues to show, nothing is guaranteed. Should be an excellent final weekend of basketball. Now to the world of finance. A lot has happened over the last couple of weeks. We continue to see some cracks in the banking and financial services system due to the rise in interest rates over the last year. As I've mentioned on previous episodes, it takes a year to truly see the impact of one rate hike, and the Fed did seven in 2022 alone. The dust is settling, and we're finding out who's prepared and who's not. All the while, it doesn't change my view on the long term, but certainly volatility isn't going anywhere anytime soon over the short term. Today, as opposed to focusing on volatility and beating that dead horse, we're going to switch gears here and discuss new legislation that came into effect this year with Secure Act 2.0. Now, you may not even be familiar with the fact that there was a Secure Act 1.0 from a few years ago, because not long after that came out, COVID happened and everyone focused on the CARES Act. Uh, But COVID is officially over, and I'm not saying that as a political statement. The Senate literally just voted on that yesterday to overturn the national emergency order. So now we can focus on the new Secure Act and everything that could impact your life financially. Okay, what is the Secure Act 2.0 and what does it stand for? Like anything that comes out of Congress, usually it's an acronym, and in this case, it's certainly a stretch. SECURE stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. Again, certainly a stretch. But in any case, like I always do, let me give you the facts as to what it is, and I'll also give you my thoughts on the pros and cons. You may want to get a cup of coffee. All right. First, let's go over the highlights. RMDs and RBDs. Again, these are acronyms. An RMD is a required minimum distribution, and RBD is the required beginning date as to when those actually start. We've touched on this before. When you put money into a tax-deferred retirement account, like a 401k or a traditional IRA, you know we're talking about pre-tax retirement contributions, the government will start forcing you to start taking money out of that account at a certain age. Why? Because as soon as you start taking distributions from those monies, they become taxable income. What Secure Act 2.0 does is it increase the age at which you need to do that. Years ago, the RBD was 70 and a half, then it changed to 72, and now it's 73, starting at the beginning of this year. The law also states that for those who attain age 74 after December 31st of 2032, their required beginning date will be 75. Let's digest all of this for a second, okay? What's the benefit? Well, the benefit is that you get to defer your retirement accounts even longer, which means your tax liability is pushed back. Excellent. What's the downside? Well, the longer you wait to withdraw your money, in theory, the larger your account will get. However, if you're married, most often you're filing your taxes as joint. But when your spouse passes away, you'll now have to file as single which can create a significantly higher tax bill. This is known as the single filer penalty. Full disclosure for any CPAs listening to the call who are saying, well, what about the qualified widow status? I know, but that only lasts for two years following the year of the spouse's death. In this case, I'm talking about the years after that. As always, if you're looking for tax advice, please seek the advice of a tax professional. 
Long story short, don't just look at extending the required beginning date as a benefit. It's still necessary to do the analysis to figure out who your retirement accounts are for. Now, some of you may say, well, that's a stupid question. It's my retirement account. It's from my retirement. I totally understand. What I'm referring to are those who may look at their retirement accounts a little differently. They may look at it as a windfall on top of other savings and investments that they may have made. Some people in those situations are actually looking to pass those retirement accounts to beneficiaries. And if that's the case, they want to do so in the most tax efficient manner. So again, it's not a one size fits all here. I still think analysis needs to be done. And again, you know, I think it's something where this is a situation where a lot of folks are going to say, okay, great, I get to defer my taxes. I'm just going to wait until they force me to pull money out, not really knowing that over the long run, is that going to create more taxation to my assets than if I had started my withdrawals sooner? Plowing ahead, the second change is that employers may provide employees with the option to receive matching or non-elective contributions as a Roth. Okay, let's pause for a second. Focus on one key word in that statement, and that's the word may. Employers are not required to do this, but they may do it. This is a big deal and something you'll want to check on with your employer. If your company has a 401k and the company is matching your contribution and they allow you to make Roth contributions, reach out and ask, because of Secure Act 2.0, will the company's match on my Roth contribution go in as a Roth as well? Some companies may say no, as they want to continue to make pre-tax contributions, which has some benefits to them from a business deduction standpoint. But many others have already changed and they'll say yes. So again, you want to double check on the flexibility there. Another thing is 529 plans. Now, this doesn't go into effect until January 1st of 2024, but from a planning standpoint, it's something you should be familiar with now. There's going to be more flexibility on 529 plans. So what does that mean? Beginning in 2024, a 529 plan will now have the option to transfer 529 plans into the beneficiary's own Roth IRA without paying taxes or penalties. Keyword in that statement beneficiary. An example would be that I have a 529 for my oldest son. He decides he's not going to go to college or he gets a scholarship and doesn't need it. Well, now we'll have the option to roll that money into a Roth IRA in his name for his benefit. I can't put the money into my Roth IRA. There are some other rules that need to be followed uh, to, in order for this to happen. Number one, the 529 plan must have been open for 15 years. So they're trying to avoid loopholes on this. It's more of a bailout feature, like the example I just mentioned. Uh, the rollover is subject to the requirement that a Roth IRA owner has includable compensation at least equal to the amount of the rollover. So in this case, if we wanted to roll over $10,000, my son would need to be making at the time at least $10,000. The contributions made to the 529 plan within the last five years are ineligible for rollover, including their earnings. So that means that the monies need to be in the plan for over five years for them to be eligible to roll over. Uh, transfers you make from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA count against your contribution limits for your other IRAs, and that maximum amount is 6,500. And finally, the lifetime limit for rollovers is 35,000. That's the most you can do. 
So if you have a 529 worth 100 grand, you can put uh, 35,000 into a Roth IRA. There are additional changes uh, with the SECURE Act 2.0 that we're not going to cover today because they do go into effect after this year. Again, even though the 529 changes go into effect next year, I still thought it made sense to touch on that today. Uh, but again, for the others, we will cover those changes as they go into effect in 2024 and 2025. And I'm sure there'll be additional amendments along the way as there usually are. But what does SECURE Act 2.0 do overall? I think it creates some enhancements and flexibility that benefit taxpayers. Um, I also think it has the potential to create some tax bombs for others if they're not handling it appropriately. Um, call me cynical, but a country that has $31 trillion in debt, I'm not optimistic on a bunch of tax breaks going forward. As always, any questions you have on today's topics or anything else, don't hesitate to reach out to us. More content is coming your way over the next weeks here with some great guests from a variety of different industries. Please send us your thoughts, questions, ideas, insights, anything that you think will be a benefit to our listeners. You can send that directly to myself at ryan.callahan at lpl.com. As always, stay on your plan, avoid the noise, and never stop learning. Until next time, folks, take care. The comments on this podcast are that of the participants and should not be viewed as comments made by LPL Financial or Northeast Planning Associates. Content on this episode should not be considered investment advice, but strictly as educational information.